Hi. Welcome to the CGOB Sports Show podcast. In this episode, we talk to Bob Irving from Blue Bomber Training Camp. The tough news that Mercy Maston is out for the season due to an Achilles injury. So what does that mean for the team and who's going to step up? We'll also hear from Braxton Kuntz, the winner of Golf Manitoba's Men's Amateur Championship in Nipawa with a big birdie putt on the 18th to win it. That's all coming up on the podcast. Bring in the voice of the Bombers, Bob Irving. Let's just start with the cuts, Bob. I'm, I mean, it's tough when you got a hundred players; you can't keep them all forever. So, uh, is no. the Dalton Sneed cut maybe the one that stands out to you? Yeah, I don't think uh, Chris and any of the fans or listeners recognize any of the other names. These were import players who haven't made uh, much of an impact. They certainly had a good ten or eleven days to do that, but the club has decided that uh, they needed to send them home and trim down and get a better look at the remaining players. Dalton Sneed uh, looked pretty good, as did Drew Brown, as the number three quarterback prospect. But uh, the one thing I think we all noticed about the two of them, about Brown in particular early in camp, was his arm was maybe a little better. Their mobility would be roughly the same. So the coaching staff, again, has opted to keep Drew Brown ahead of Dalton Sneed. And, you know, at the end of camp, Christian, what they're going to have to do then is either put Brown on the taxi squad or, or sorry, on the, uh, as a DI or convince him to stay on the taxi squad or the practice roster, which I expect he'll do. I mean, if he signed here, he knew what the situation was. So you're down to three quarterbacks. You only have two on the roster this year and there'll be Calaris and Sean McGuire. And then Drew Brown, I guess would be the third guy they keep and develop. So uh, the roster's down a little bit, but there's still an awful lot of players here. When we saw four Saskatchewan Rough Riders go down with Achilles injuries in quick succession right before training camp, I worried, and I think many across the country did as well, if that was going to be a thing we see in every camp, players suffering Achilles injuries. The Bombers got one uh, yesterday. The bad news, Mercy Maston out for the season with an Achilles injury, had surgery today. How is uh, How does this affect the, the Bombers going forward here, Bob? Well, Maston was penciled in as a starter, Christian, the job was his to lose at that linebacker spot. It's kind of that hybrid spot where, you know, has a lot of coverage responsibilities. He's kind of a glorified uh, defensive back who also plays some linebacker. And Maston came in toward the end of last year, you'll recall, and played very well. He was a key guy in that outstanding defense who played down the stretch and in through the playoffs. He really solidified things along with Nick Taylor on that side of the defense. So losing him is a blow. There's no question. Anytime you have a starter go down or a guy penciled in as a starter, and he was not going to get beat out. There's no doubt about that. And the, the injury came toward the end of practice yesterday. It's funny, Rashid Bailey was telling us today he felt kind of bad about it because Maston was covering him on the play. Not that Bailey did anything, but these are Kelly's things. Are, they're just flukes, really, where you know a guy makes a move and a twist or whatever, and away it goes. So they've got to find somebody to fill in there now. They made the trade with uh, Toronto and brought in another defensive back, one with experience, and he'll have a shot. He'll rotate in that position. But as Michael Shea said, look, we've still got a lot of guys here, and they do. they got over 20 defensive backs still on the roster, and you know a lot of them are going to be rotated into that spot and get a chance to show what they can do there. So at this point, it's up in the air as to who replaces Maston, but Again, anytime you lose a veteran, a guy you expected to be among your starters, it's a setback. Well, we have seen a lot of 
turnover in that position in the secondary here in Winnipeg a lot, and you see it a lot in the CFL too. They lose Winston Rose and Marcus Sales to other opportunities, and then Nick Taylor and Mercy Masson, who weren't on the radar at the start of 2019 for the team, they come in. Brandon Alexander mm-hmm. goes to safety, and all of a sudden, a, a position or a, a part of their team that was not a strength. The secondary had been torched a few times down the stretch, ends up becoming such a, such a massive part of their success. So, what we've seen before in football, Bob, I guess we're gonna have to see again is people that maybe were unheralded at one point. You're gonna learn their name, and you're gonna remember their name. Yeah, and there's some good-looking defensive backs here, Christian. There, there are guys who have been impressive from one practice to the other, and they're not so impressive in the next one. And, again, we'll wait a few days and, and have a look and see who gets most of the action in that spot. I presume that Alden Darby, who they got from Toronto, played three years with the Argos and was a starter for a good part of two seasons, uh, won a great cup with Toronto. He's going to get a, a real good shot in there. There's no doubt about that. I've been told that his strength is not the one-on-one cover. He can do it, but it's not his strength. His strength is playing up there in the box. And, uh, you know, we'll see again what some of the other players who will vie for that spot can do, and it'll be interesting to see that unfold. You know, as long as the Bombers still have that outstanding defensive line, uh, they can cover off some things behind that. But, again, Maston and the linebackers with Big Hill and Kyrie Wilson, a big part of that front seven that, made life easier for the people in the back end. So now we have a big question mark in camp. Who's going to take that spot that Mercy Maston had? And you never, ever want anyone to get hurt, but it's football. It happens. Every team goes through it. And if you're going to lose a starter, if you lose them in camp, you have more time to adjust than if you were to lose them two-thirds of the way through your season. Yeah, for sure. You know, I think that's a bit of a blessing. If In fact, you were going to have somebody go down and uh, – you know, you have to replace them better now than the week leading up to their regular season opener. So there is time. And again, as I say, there's many candidates here. And uh, we'll see which one surfaces heading into those final cuts, which will come uh, about 10 days before the season starts. Anything else catching your eye at camp this weekend and today? Well, again, I said this this morning when I was on the start, Christian, I was asked who's impressing (laughs) My answer was the starters. Uh, You know, they all look so good. And Mike O'Shea said the same thing yesterday, and he's not one to give a lot of praise, but he said uh, the guys have picked up where they left off in 2019. So the the starters on offense, virtually all of them back. And Michael Couture and Pat Newfeld, the center and right guard, were on the field today practicing in a light workout for the first time, really, in camp. Newfeld wasn't hurt. They just kind of held him out. Couture was a little bit dinged up, but he was back in there. So uh, everybody on offense looks great. The, the front people on defense, Kyrie Wilson, Adam Bigel, I talked about them, Brandon Alexander. You know, those are all givens back in, on the defense. So it's the DBs we're waiting to see. And, and, you know, Cam Meredith is another guy we're waiting to get a look at. Uh, I was talking to some people today close to the scene, and they're still high on Meredith, even though he's missed seven practices in a row now, the receiver that they signed late. Uh, and they want to get a look at him, a real good look at him in a, in a series, a number of days where he could practice and show what he can do. So they'll wait for him yet for a little while. Uh, so that's kind of where it all stands. Again, without a preseason game, you know, the, the coaches are – far ahead of any of us just watching casually as to who is impressing because they break down the film every night and get a closer look at these guys. Usually in a preseason game, 
you can anybody can see who's you know standing out or making making plays, which is the term that we hear from Michael Shea all the time. He's not going to get a chance to see any of these guys quote unquote make plays except in practice, as opposed to in a preseason game. So. Again, we'll just have to wait and see how it all shakes down. The next round of cuts, they'll undoubtedly, I would think, cut some more people before the final cut-down date. And again, we'll have a clearer picture. Another receiver who's looked good is that Carlson Agadosi, the big six-foot, six-inch guy. Uh, you know, they like him a lot, but I don't know where he's going to break in because, you know, Kenny Lawler has had a really good camp, and you've got Darvin Adams in there, Nick Dembski, and uh, Drew Walatarski. And Rashid Bailey's had a very good camp. So, uh, again, things are pretty, pretty nailed down on offense. Uh, and we'll watch that situation on defense more closely for the next few days. Before I let you go, Bob, obviously I have to ask you about the golf. The Open Championship was captured by Colin Morikawa. How impressed were you by his performance? Well, I was very impressed. I, re- I was at bomber practice yesterday when it was on, so I taped it, and then I went home, Christian, and watched it, and I kind of wi- wound ahead. But I watched all the big shots that Morikawa and Jordan Spieth hit. I'm a bit of a Spieth fan, and he played really well on the back nine. He gave it all he had, but Morikawa didn't blink. You had to be really impressed. He's 24 years old. You know, he's got nerves of steel. I think he got a little bit lucky on a couple of shots, at least according to the commentators. A couple of his drives just skirted by some of those pot bunkers another yard or two, and maybe to go in there and it changes everything. But, no, he's a cool customer, 24 years old, two majors. Uh, you know, we called him a rising star a year ago, but he's a star. He's not a rising star anymore. He's a star. He's established now as, I think, one of the one of the top players in the game. Do you feel bad at all for Louis Eustazen, bridesmaid again? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. He's, man, oh, man, he's got to wear that, you know, and, and it never, you never lose it. People ask you, gee, Louie, you've been so close so often. What's the deal? How come you can't close the deal? And all Louie does is make a pile of money, and he goes back to his ranch in Texas, and I guess he likes riding on his tractor. So he's got a pretty good life going, but you still got to answer those questions. Uh, you know, how come you can't finish these tournaments where you've been close so often and I don't know. He uh, he just hasn't been able to do it for whatever reason. And also pretty cool to see Mackenzie Hughes in top six and then Connors kind of faded yeah. and it's up top 15. But that's two Canadians right near the top, and that's pretty cool. Well, and the thing we can't forget, is, you know, it's not, I don't think it's talked about enough. These guys are private contractors, and, you know, they make a living playing golf. Well, Mac Hughes made $340,000 yesterday. Uh, so he didn't win. But he acquitted himself very well. Even Clark Connors, who faded and got a little bit of TV time too, because he was playing with Spieth. He made what a hundred—I forget what—a hundred and fifty grand or something like that. So, both these guys, you know, are making a very, very handsome living. And kudos to them because only the very best of the best are on the PGA Tour, and those two Canadians are doing very, very well. Absolutely, Bob. Appreciate your time as always. Thanks for this. We'll check in later in the week. Okay, Christian, you bet. welcome in the winner of golf manitoba's men's amateur championship from nipawa golf and country club it's braxton Kuntz. braxton welcome to the show hi thank you for having me on so tell me more about uh how it feels to be the men's amateur championship the day after how'd you sleep last night oh man i i slept really well <laughs> after uh four days in the heat hot weather you know i was exhausted but Obviously really excited to have uh, performed well and won the tournament. 
All right, so let's go back to the tournament itself. You were in a dogfight, really, with your Breezy Bend clubmate, Ryan Schuldice, for for most of the tournament. What was that like going up against one of your friends, I'm assuming? Yeah, obviously. I mean, Ryan, super nice guy. We had a really good friendly competition going on the last few days, uh, being paired together. Um, Didn't get too intense during the round. Uh, We did have a lot of fun, but I know we both did really want to win. And on the final round, take me through the up and down of that round because you didn't have the lead coming into the round, but you had a pretty sizable lead, and then it, it evaporated. Take me through kind of the emotions of the day yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was pretty steady on the front nine of the tournament, played really well. Um, but around, you know, once the pressure started mounting, uh, later into the back nine, I did hit a couple bad shots. You know, I put one out of bounds on hole 16 which really shocked me and actually tied me and Ryan. So we were tied going into the last two holes. And, you know, fortunately I was able to drain that putt on 18 for the win. So you go to the 18th green, you're tied with Ryan. Uh, what happened on the green? Um, so we both had about 30 feet um, for birdies. He, we didn't know who was up first. Uh, we got the other guy in our group to to decide pretty much. So Ryan went first, left his about two feet from the hole. So I knew he was going to make par. Um, so I wanted to just put a really good, good pace on my putt, see if I can get it around the hole. And, you know, it had perfect line and somehow went in. <laughs> the best putt of your life? I'd say so, yeah. Yeah. Was there a crowd there? There was probably 30, 40 people, yeah. So did you get a nice little roar then? Yep. Yes, I did. (laughs) (laughs) So when you're in a moment like that, do you feel any pressure knowing that you could win the tournament if that goes down? Oh, my, my body was shaking like the last three holes, (laughs) but yeah, there was definitely quite a bit of pressure, you know, just with everyone watching and the provincial title on the line. Yeah. I was nervous. As far as, I mean, you're young, for the, those out there that don't know, you're 17 years old and you win this tournament. Is this the, the biggest tournament you've played in so far in your young career? Um, I would say competition-wise, yeah, there was a ton of competition. So um, definitely really proud to have come out on top. You mentioned the heat. As far as the conditions were concerned, what did it do to the golf course? Um, you know, the golf course was in really great shape. Uh, they picked a great course to host it at. I know the day before the tournament, they did get a few inches of rain, so it really softened the course up. But towards the final day, a few greens did start getting a little firm, and they were rolling a little faster. Because of how intense it gets down the stretch, do you get more and more thirsty? Do you have to drink a lot of water out there? I think I probably had five or six Gatorades the last round. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> makes sense so how did you celebrate last night um you know just hung with my friends for a little bit uh drove back to the city had a nice supper with the parents and you know nothing nothing too fancy so what's the trophy like um you know it was actually the hundredth year of the trophy so that was super special um it's a nice looking nice looking trophy took quite a few pictures with it so i'll have a lot of those for the memory and what's next for you this summer? Um, you know, I think that's actually my last tournament for the summer. I actually am heading away to university in the States 
on like around the middle of August. So for me, that was my last tournament, and I'm really happy to to finish off well. Where are you going? I'm going to university in Louisiana, and I'll actually be on the the golf team down there. So I'm super excited for that. That's awesome. So why did you uh, want to go down there? Um, well, I know NCAA and just the way they run university down there, they have really strong golf programs. So does Canada. So I was looking at both um, Canada and the U.S. for universities, but I was able to get a really great offer and talk with the guys down there to uh, set it all up. How much time have you spent in Louisiana in your life? Um, pretty much none, actually. You know, with COVID, I actually haven't even been able to, to visit the campus. So I'm going in a little blind, but it'll it'll be exciting. And what about the path academically you've chosen down there? Um, right now I'm in the College of Business, so I'll have a major in finance. Nice. So... What are you looking forward to the most outside of golf and school? Like, what is it about Louisiana that maybe you're you're most excited to learn about? Well, I know they have a very unique culture down there, uh, a lot different than up here. And for me, I'm just looking forward to those nice warm winters. <laughs> well, there is that. There is that. Yeah, you'll be able to golf in December, so I'm sure you'll like that. Definitely, yeah. All right. Well, appreciate your time, Braxton. Congratulations again on the big win, and best of luck as you head down south for university. Yeah, thank you for having me on. Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Of course, that is when the Jets are not playing, because if the Jets are playing, then I don't have a show, but I'll be part of the pre- and post-game coverage. Anyway, thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell until we meet again. So long and thanks for all the fish. So sad that it should come to this. We try to warn you over the day. You may not share our intellect, which might explain your